The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host, who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power. And now, here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there. And welcome to the show today. And we've got a great show for you, as always. Later on, I'm going to be joined by my guest, Elaine Jackson. She has a wealth of experience to help us all. But the theme of the show is most people underestimate what they're capable of. Now, that can be on a daily basis or it can be in life generally. The interesting thing is that Whatever you expect of yourself, the chances are that you will achieve part of that. When I was at junior school, um, I think that would be elementary in uh, America, um, we had a, a, a slogan, if you like, a, a, an affirmation, reach for the stars. And we were constantly told, if you reach for the stars, at least you'll reach the moon. If you reach for the moon, then you might just get to the stratosphere. Reach for the stratosphere and you might get to the top of the mountain reach for the top of the mountain and the chances are that you get to the foothills. You get the impression, you get the idea. Each of us is capable of just so much more than we ever imagined. The show is called Leadership for Life. And if you're going to be the leader within your own life and you're going to take control of your life, that gives you the opportunity to have the very best quality of life that's possible. And if you're a leader of other people, even more so, it's important that you lead yourself first, that you become the very best version of yourself that you can be. But that requires you to have a, a sense that you can be more than you are now. I often talk about being your best self, and that's not about being in competition with other people. It's about being the best version of you. And one of the things that I'm really conscious of is that my best version of me today is very different to the best version of me even a couple of months ago, even a couple of weeks ago, because I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly recognizing patterns in myself and working on that. And that's because I've got a commitment to do the inner work on me. I think so many people see themselves as dependent upon other people for what emotional state they're going to be, for their success. And the problem with that is when you rely on other people to do it for you is that you are dependent upon what they're prepared to give you. Stepping into your potential can at times be uncomfortable. It's certainly unfamiliar. And many people interpret that feeling of unfamiliarity as being something that's scary and so they step back and they they stay within their comfort zone even when their comfort zone is uncomfortable stepping into your potential 
means being open to possibilities. You know, one of the things I often say to clients is, this is time to be curious. You don't have to know all of the answers and the chances are we're never going to know all the answers. And if we're looking for everything to be right and certain and in place before we take a step forward, we're going to find ourselves incredibly limited rather than taking sensible care, getting the best data available, but being courageous enough to step out into the unknown. Because it's in that place outside our comfort zones that we actually continue to learn, develop and grow. And that's just so important. Now, it's always been important, but it's even more important in today's situation. The pace of change has never been faster. You know, I am quite amused when I've seen companies that have said, no, you can't work from home. We haven't got the technology and it's not possible. And what about security? And we don't trust you to work hard. Who within five days of, of lockdown had sorted it out and people were working from home very comfortably. Security was not breached. And actually, companies, those companies very often found that the people that they didn't trust to work at home because, well, they wouldn't work hard enough are actually working harder and are more productive than ever before. The mindset has shifted because they have thought, I need to make this possible. Let's look for the solution rather than closing everything down and saying, nope, can't do it. You know, I think of the number of people now who are very comfortable using Zoom or Team Player or Google Hangouts or whatever the technology is that, are, you know, just over a year ago would have turned around and said, no, I'm not going to do it. I don't like technology. I'm not going to give it a go. Now, that's one range of examples all around technology, but put that into the context of life in general and recognize that you are so much more capable than you ever thought possible. When you look back, when you look at those things that you've done in your life, when you first started them, they felt difficult. You know, I often use the example of driving and getting behind the wheel for the first time and not knowing you know, what to do or how to read the traffic and how we move from that level to start with of unconscious incompetence because we don't actually know how bad we are through the level of conscious incompetence, you know, this, I'm not very good and how am I going to manage? Through to conscious competence, you know, the time when you were taught, or at least I was, mirror, signal, maneuver, and you would think to yourself, right, mirror, signal, okay, now I've checked my mirror, I've made my signal, now I'm going to move out into the traffic. And it had to be a conscious act. And now these days when you drive to somewhere and you get to where you're going and you think, I don't actually remember getting here because you have been driving at an unconsciously competent level, or at least I hope you have. We are amazing human beings, are just incredible. And our capacity to learn and do things differently stays with us from the moment we're born until we die. Now, there was a time when they thought that our brains would start to die off from the age of 21 and it was more and more difficult to learn new things. The reality is that that neuroplasticity of our brain continues throughout our life. However, 
if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you want your brains to have neuroplasticity and you to be able to learn new things, you've got to learn new things. And the more you learn new things, the more able you are to learn more things. Now, I think a big part of that is the neuroplasticity. But I also think a significant part of that is our belief about ourselves and our capacity to learn. Go back to Zoom. I can remember having conversations with some of my elderly neighbors who, when we were talking about technology, they got a computer and they could just about manage emails. But anything else, no, 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 I don't want to do that. I'm too old, I'm too old. But when lockdown came and they had to isolate, it was the only way they could keep in touch with their families. And so they learned it. You know the old saying? Necessity is the mother of invention. And what I would say to you, as, as we go into the second part of this program, and I invite Elaine Jacks to join me after the break, we're going to, have to be able to tap into her incredible experience and expertise um, and share her take on how you can be the best, how you can fulfill your potential as the leader of your own life and as the leader of others. So don't go away. Elaine's going to join us after the break. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. In a moment, I'm going to introduce you to Elaine Jacques, but before I do, I want to read her bio. Elaine Jacques is a leadership presence and leadership development coach who supports mid-career and senior level leaders to BEMA become even more amazing. 
through dividing up their really big goals into plus 1% action steps that can be implemented starting today. Now, when I asked her about her expertise, the list is really very impressive. Leadership, leadership presence, body language, conversational intelligence, accent modification, voice, medical speech pathology, and neuroscience. And so without more ado, I'd like to welcome Elaine Jacks. Thank you so much, Gina. It is my honor and pleasure to be here with you today. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you. Before we get into the, the sort of nitty gritty, I think it would be you have an interesting story. And I think one that puts everything into perspective in terms of your expertise and your experience. So I'd be grateful if you'd share that with us. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share my somewhat circuitous story of <laughs> coaching. So coaching is my fourth career. And my third career, as you hinted, was that I was a medical speech language pathologist until this last year. And I was that for 16 years with a subspecialty in voice. And that's also where the accent modification piece came from. And before that, I did what I call sort of my hand basket career, where I did a lot of different things in human resources and marketing and a whole bunch of different things. And then before that, I was actually English as a foreign language teacher in Taiwan. So. I guess the single thread that I can see a little bit at times that, that holds all of those together is my interest in helping build people up, help them communicate more effectively, and just being a part of, and as you mentioned, uh, helping people become even more amazing. I think that's a, a wonderful goal to help people become more ways, uh, amazing. And you talked about building people up, because for me, a lot of it, I think, and I'd be interested in your take, is in order for people to become more amazing, they've just got to recognize who they are. It's not as if you're, you're making them something different. It's their perception of themselves that changes. Would you agree? Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I chose that particular tagline is because I want people to know that you've already done so many things to get where you are in your life, whether or not you recognize it, at, at, as you so uh, very eloquently said, whether or not someone recognizes it, I want them to know that my perception of each and every person is that you're already amazing to have gotten from babyhood to where you are right now. And so by working together and empowering yourself through possibly working with someone like Gina or me, you can become even more amazing. I think that is so true. And how often do you find that it requires somebody from uh, to actually believe in that person more than they do themselves initially before things move. Oh, absolutely. I think for all of us, we can think back to a teacher or maybe a mentor, someone, you know, a family friend who took the time to show interest in us and it made a really big difference in our lives. I think pretty much everyone can and have a name pop up in their head of someone that fits that category for them. And just being able to see, okay, I am struggling. I loved what you said earlier that, you know, we all start out somewhere and it's difficult at first, like the driving example that you gave. 
And as we grow and as we become more amazing or excellent at it, then we can start to believe even more in ourselves. But having that perspective and having someone else be able to see our potential, I think makes such a huge difference in us being able to see it as well. You know, people often say, why work with a coach or mentor? And I think for me, that's perhaps the most important starting point that, you know, I can see the potential in you. And now it's time for you to see the potential in yourself. Don't be dependent upon me. This is not about creating a, a, a model where you can only feel good if I tell you you're good. But this is starting that journey of self-discovery, which recognizes you're not broken. Mm -hmm. Own your amazing talents. Own exactly. who you are. Talk to me about the 1%, because that's really interesting. I like to, that's the other part of my tagline is you plus 1% and today is a big part for me. A lot of us have difficulty thinking, okay, I want to do this great big thing. I use the example fairly often of, okay, you're going to climb to the top of a really big mountain. We'll use Mount Kilimanjaro for our example today. And to think about, okay, maybe I'm kind of a couch potato and I'm not really active. How do I get from there to that very, you know, epic picture of me holding the flag at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. And it's breaking down those steps into what I call plus 1% steps so that it seems achievable and doable. And as you take each one of those steps, they build upon each other to help build up that confidence that you can do that really big, amazing thing. And so that's why I like the idea of plus 1%. I will give the example of some voice patients who would say, well, I just I can't get active and I don't know how to do this. And it just seems so overwhelming. And I would say, let's take it as simple as when you go to the grocery store next, park two more places away. And I said, will those 10 extra steps make a big difference today? I said, but you, if you do that consistently over a year, how many extra steps is that? And just, you know, the light bulb of there are little things that it, when we do them consistently and we don't wait for the perfect someday that never comes if we start today that we can add all of those steps up and achieve our goal from there i know that that's so true and from personal experience i've learned to walk twice as an adult and i can remember um working with a, a therapist and i was it was quite early on it was the second time that i'd had to uh, to learn to walk after 18 months I'd walked a little bit and then I had another problem and, and was wheelchair bound again and they said to me you're looking for progress on a minute by minute day by day basis and you're going to be disappointed because this is not going to be a quick fix start to look for progress over a month over three months six months a year and it was such profoundly powerful advice because instead of focusing on what I couldn't do, I started to celebrate what I could do. And I think for me, that shift is just so important. Talk to me about how your work with voice and with people with voice uh, in terms of voice translates into leadership. 
Oh, that's an interesting question. I am um, going to say, I don't think I've been asked that before. <laughs> I, I have worked with um, what I will say voice therapy patients in the medical setting. That's how we would refer to them who have been leaders themselves, administrators, professors, and because of voice difficulties were having uh, struggles doing their jobs and it was beginning to impact their confidence in themselves. And so by helping them regain that sense of themselves and their voice, because if you think about over the phone, your voice is pretty much the only thing that's representing you at that point. And if you get on and all people can think about is something that's perhaps aberrant in your voice, um, maybe some hoarseness because of a variety of reasons that can impact how much they hear of what you say rather than just how you're saying it. Yeah. So looking at it at the flip side, on the leadership uh, presence side of it, your voice can carry meaning with it very, very easily and can change how someone perceives something. You know, having a boss, I'll give a silly example, having a boss when you first walk in the door go, oh, how are you today? Carries that meaning of you're late again and I'm disappointed mm -hmm. in you versus someone saying, oh, how are you today? Sounds very welcoming. Sounds like mm -hmm. I might actually be interested in your response. So helping someone use their voice so that it carries the meaning that they want and doesn't hold them back by, um, I, I don't want to give an example because I call them all vocal abuse behaviors when we do things that are harmful to our voice, but you know, the really husky voice or, you know, a variety of things that people might be doing that are harmful to their voices, helping find a healthy way to do that. And yes. then also thinking about the nuances that go with that. I think that's really important. I'd like to take this a step further, if I may, because one of the things to me in terms of a lead for particularly, well, leading your own life or leading other people is finding your authentic voice and having the confidence to, to say to say no, for example, um, rather than saying yes, just because somebody wants you to do it and you don't want to feel guilty or you don't want to let them down, or being able to speak your truth when other people don't agree with you. How much do you think, it, how important is, is it and how do you help people find their authentic voice? That is such a beautiful question. So thank you for that. I think being able to demonstrate authenticity for what your own purpose is, for what your own why is, for why you show up in the day and for the things that you're doing is so important because when we show up as authentic, we help others to feel empowered themselves, especially when it comes to things like self-talk. If someone sees their leader go, oh, I made this mistake and they beat themselves up physically as well as emotionally, mentally, then that gives off the feeling to other people that when you make a mistake, you need to feel shame. You need to feel upset. You need to not do that ever again. Whereas doing things that create the environment where we might make a, what I like to call it, learning opportunity. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, is, is a way to show that we're growing and we're progressing and we're trying things that are outside of our comfort zone or our current level of rock solid competence. And so I think as a leader, finding your authenticity is a really beautiful way to demonstrate to other people that it's okay for them to do that as well. I agree with you. And I think it's so, you know, I titled this, the show is, you know, are you fulfilling your, your, your potential? 
I don't think you can fulfill your potential unless you're being authentic to yourself and to others. Because if you're always trying to present yourself in a way that you think will please other people, you're not being you. Um, so, you know, having that opportunity to have someone support you in finding the confidence and the courage to do that, I think that's really important. Absolutely. You talk in, in terms of your, your levels of expertise about conversational intelligence. And that's quite a new, um, a new phrase for me. I've heard of emotional intelligence and intellectual intelligence and spiritual intelligence. But tell me about conversational intelligence. It's fascinating. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes, it, it comes from the work of um, the late Dr. Judith Glacier. And I was honored to be selected to participate in the certification program that she had put together before she passed. And conversational intelligence for her and now for me is helping people go from what you call the win-lose transactional. I need to win and you need to lose in order for me to feel good about this taking it to the transformational conversational step where we work together to co-create a solution where it's win-win for both of us because how much better is that than i have to win and you have to lose in order for this to be okay for me whereas we say when we both win that's even better incredibly powerful isn't it and yet you've so many examples around the world at every strata of society where I've got to be seen to be right. I've got to make you wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody loses out then. Yeah. So, so somebody who perhaps historically or hysterically, not quite sure which, has felt the need to always have the last word, to be seen to be right, who struggles with even contemplating a win-win. Can you give them give us some advice in terms of the approach that you might use oh i think that's a very relevant example <laughs> <laughs> um i like to encourage people to do very small steps of course the plus one percent of ways of increasing their emotional intelligence because i think that is a really important piece and one of the ways is, okay, how about you try truly listening to the other person and see if there's just one thing you can learn from them. To try that, just open up your perspective just a little bit that perhaps, perhaps there's a chance that maybe someone else might have something to say that you don't already know. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot tied up in that, you know, being willing to be vulnerable that maybe you don't know everything there is to know and maybe some humility again, that there are things you still have left to learn. And I think everyone on the planet has something that they can teach us because their experience has been just that little bit different. And to touch back on what we were talking about in that last question is I love to tell people the world needs you to be you and not someone else 2.0. Mm -hmm. So being willing to learn and discovering how can you be, as you so very well said, the best version of yourself is I think a really beautiful way to maybe take it down a notch that you don't have to know everything. You are, are already the only version of you that's available on the planet. So how about let's just take a breath and see what we can learn from other people and see how we can be a better version of ourselves on this planet. 
and see how open they are to that. <laughs> I think it. I mean, it's really good advice, and and recognizing. I think for so many people, particularly those who are existing leaders in what's becoming very fast, a very different arena, that they previously, you know, the, the delegation style had been, it's better to do it myself because at least I know it's done properly, um, or that they felt that they had to be the fount of all knowledge and being prepared to actually say, I, I need everybody's help, you know, having collaborative self-actualizing teams where you harness the expertise, experience, enthusiasms of everybody. So even the most junior person has something to add. And mm -hmm. even if it's the silliest idea, it often triggers the idea that's actually going to solve the problem. Yeah. But for that's quite a leap of faith for, for many people. And I get a sense that those who are younger and who are developing now will find that journey easier than those who are established. And yet, if they don't learn this lesson, they're going to wither and die in terms of profitability and success because they're going to burn themselves out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So talk to me about um, accent modification because that fascinates me. So it, it is something that fascinates me as well, obviously, and, and apparently because I'm such a lifelong learner and so curious, uh, I, I like to joke that if, if I'm going to learn something, I apparently want to get certified in it. <laughs> so, but accent modification for me, I love that we have changed as a society, we've changed the term from accent reduction, making it sound like it's something you need to get rid of, to accent modification. What are those small shifts perhaps that we can do that will help us to be able to communicate more effectively with someone else. I will give the example of I worked with this lovely woman from Rwanda and she's an engineer and there were just some words that came up fairly frequently that the way she said them were difficult for other people to automatically get what she meant and so it was causing these roadblocks of people yeah. going I have no idea what you just said and and so we worked specifically on what those I call them high frequency, high importance words are to modify just slightly how she said them so that they wouldn't create those roadblocks so that the message could keep going. And it wasn't just the stopping point, And then we lose that we're trying to work together to come up with a solution on this particular engineering topic, instead of just focusing on, I have no idea what she just said. What was that? Yeah. And it, a fair number of people on the planet, you know, try to be sensitive and won't say, I'm sorry, I don't know what you just said. And instead they'll go, uh huh. And they don't know. And so then we have this complete disconnect of yeah. what are we talking about instead of being able to continue moving on and create the solution together. So it's, it's a piece that I will bring in to coaching as needed when I hear yeah. These are these are issues. So it's it's something that, yes, I could do solely on its own, but I find it interesting to be a little bit more holistic and bring that in as needed. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I talk about, you know, the the how language for all of us, we use the same words, but we don't necessarily mean the same thing. So I talk about the language of, let's say, fruit. So you're talking apples and I'm talking pears. But what we're doing in this discussion is we're coming to a, a, the language of fruit. So by asking questions, you're clarifying 
that we have a shared understanding mm -hmm. of what we both mean. Mm -hmm. But I think when you when you add accent into it, and you know, there was a time in the UK when anybody on the TV had to have a BBC accent and speak like the Queen, um, mm -hmm. and that's changed. I'm glad to say. <laughs> but I think when you add the difference in terms of our interpreting language to having the barrier that certain um, pronunciation is impenetrable, then you are, I think that there's two things. One is for the person themselves to have the courage to recognize the problem and seek help. Mm -hmm. And the other is for people who are their leaders perhaps to say, look, you're a great engineer, we value you, but in order for you to be able to maximize your potential in terms of, of helping others, this is something that we need to work on. Uh, and so here you are, here's the opportunity. But so often, one or other or both of those approaches are missing, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and I, I will tell you, with a certain amount of horror and shame still residual in my soul that I had a hospital um, reach out to me and say, we need you to come and talk to these nurses. They all have too heavy of accents. And I said, okay, now hold on. I said, number one, let's start with the fact that anyone who sounds different than you for you, for them, you have the accent. So everyone on the planet has an accent. They do indeed. And, and, <laughs> and so stop right there and don't treat them like they are the problem. That I'm happy to come and do a presentation and work with people on specific wordings and those kinds of things. I said, but I am not happy to come and say, you are the problem and we need to fix you. I said, you know, there are ways that we can learn to communicate better together but not the you against them category. And, you know, things like um, nurses working with hard of hearing patients when they would turn and, you know, so their face isn't visible to the hard of hearing patient who maybe doesn't have their hearing aids in, you know, that's another thing. And that's not an accent issue. Yeah. That's a let's focus on having light on our face, speaking loud, slow and clear, those kinds of things actually were a lot of what the problem was, not just, oh, they have a heavy accent. And said, no, 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 no. Let's get to the root of the problem that this is a communication thing that we can all work together to be better at. Because I will tell you that if I turn and my hair crosses my face, it's going to make it a lot harder for a patient to understand or hear my messages as well. So it's something I need to be aware of as well, despite the fact that maybe my accent is the same as theirs. Yeah, I'm so pleased that actually we've, we've got to this place because it's, it's so common, isn't it, that we see other people, and not just around accents, I mean, in, in terms of life, other people are the problem. They're not the same as us, therefore they are the problem, rather than let's find a way of finding these similarities and, and how can we work together to actually make communication more effective mm -hmm. and more meaningful for both parties. Yes. Um, I'd, I'd love to know, did they actually take on board what you've said or were they too intransigent and did they uh, like to see other people as the problem? Uh, <laughs> that, that, was, that, <laughs> that was a bit of a residual issue, but I said this is the only way that I will come and do this presentation is if you understand this is the way I am going to proceed forward. So uh, I Your think authentic voice. Yes shouting loud and clear yes. well done yes so i i think they were pleased with the results there probably are people unfortunately who still feel like oh well she fixed their accents 
that's not what I did, but you know, <laughs> it's, it, it's okay. You know, the, the problem was resolved. Patient satisfaction scores went up. So, okay. But I, I was very insistent that no, at least you're going to have heard the words float past your head that no, the accent isn't the sole issue. I think that's fabulous. And I think that's a really good place for me to say to you, where can people find you? So I like to say that I am a LinkedIn only lady. So if someone wants to find me, please do come. Uh, there's the link right there. Thank you. And I like to say, look for the red hair and the big smile and you know you found me. And I would really recommend that, you know, just an amazing work that this lady does. So um, go and, and have a look, uh, make a connection with her and talk to her because she can really help you. Now, before you go, one of the things that we are very proud members of B1G1, Buy One, Give One. We're part of Movement for Good. And uh, on our guest behalf, we always um, offer them three different projects from B1G1 um, and they choose which one that they would like uh, to choose. So you have chosen. Do you want to tell them or shall I? Oh, I, I, I love the way that you say things. So please go ahead. <laughs> so. You have chosen uh, Tanzania, oh, Zimbabwe, um, and it's about education. And education, both of us, that's very dear to our heart. Zimbabwe is faced with widespread poverty and lack of opportunities, especially for the young. Education can be a solution that helps break the poverty cycle and opens new opportunities. The Varna Trust supports the future of Zimbabwe's children by paying their tuition fees for primary school. Providing education promotes the total development of the children, socially and physically, as well as guiding children to embrace correct social norms, values, attitudes and beliefs as citizens. So we will be um, paying for primary school children to have um, their tuition fees paid. Um, thank you very much. If you're interested in B1G1, please go and have a look. Um, uh, in the show notes, there is uh, the code it's a very interesting organization because any organization that joins through me becomes part of my impacts. It's a bit, they talk about it like being a bee um, who's actually collecting the, the pollen and doing so fertilizing the plant. And so by introducing B1G1 to people, we are fertilizing the plant of helping others. An amazing organization, they have a sister um, uh, a nonprofit that actually raises the money for all of the organization. So every penny goes to help one of the projects. So thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great conversation uh, and you have so much to offer people. But thanks, Elaine, really appreciate it. Don't go away, we haven't finished yet. Come back after the break. Thanks, Elaine. Thank you, Gina. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk4TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. <laughs>
join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello, and welcome back. So talking about being your best self, you know, developing your potential and being the best version of you all requires you to be aware to understand that things could be even better and to take some action. So I wonder how many of you get stuck in the procrastination game or in the, um, in the quicksand of trying. You know, so many people say, well, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. And, and recognizing that the trying bit does not actually mean action. It's an approach and it can so often get you caught up in, well, you're not actually doing anything, but you're making the excuse to yourself, well, I'm trying. And in doing so, you are really holding yourself back. How many of you get so far and then you sabotage yourself because you're fearful of succeeding? You know, I, in my experience of working with people, there are just as many who fear success as fear failure. And the result of either of those is you're never going to be consistently happy, successful and fulfilled. And if you're talking about that in the business sense, you're never going to have the best level of success sustained um, in a way that gives you great productivity and great great profitability, but at the same time maintains the well-being of you and your staff because you're going to get in the way. So the most important factor in all of this is not other people. It comes down to you being the most important factor. You're, you are your biggest lifelong project, if you like, and only you can make the difference. The challenge in all of that is sometimes you don't know where to start. It feels overwhelming. And I would say to you, you know, Elaine talks about the 1%, you know, identify your goal and then, you know, just one step closer, 1%, breaking that journey from the man up to the mountain into the first step. Now, I often say to my clients, you know, you can't eat a whole cow in one sitting, or if you're a vegetarian, you can't eat a whole uh, field of corn in one sitting. It would just be too much. You'd have the most dreadful indigestion. 
but meal by meal, mouthful by mouthful, you can actually enjoy what you're eating. And the same is true of your development. Bit by bit, taking the opportunity to work on yourself and doing that without judgment. And I think that's one of the biggest things. So many people go into the, well, I must, or I should, or I oughtn't to, or, you know, uh, I've got to, rather than choosing to, because it's a very different energy behind that. So what I would say to you is, if you want the best out of life, then you have to invest in you. Now, going on to um, the, uh, one of the websites, and the, there are several genuinely-u.com, ginagardnerassociates.co.uk. There's lots and lots of stuff on there um, that will help you. Lots of it is free. Some of it is paid for programs, either within a group or individually. And go on to Amazon, take one of the intentional workbooks or journals. It's going to cost you less than $10. And structure your development in a way that you can to do at your own pace, in your own time, in your own home, but they're designed to help you. So ask yourself, do I need to be nagged to do things? Do I need to be cajoled, do I need convincing that I am important enough in my life to actually take on board what needs to happen in order for me to be my best self? Because if you don't do it for yourself and you're expecting other people to do it for you, you're never going to reach your potential. You know, I sometimes think about it like a door. If the door is closed and locked, then getting through the door is a real problem, isn't it? But if you're open to the possibility of stepping into your potential, of life offering you amazing opportunities, just open to the possibility. It's like leaning on an open door. And when you lean on a door that's ajar, then the door opens very easily. Ultimately, we've talked so many times, you are the common denominator. Doesn't it make sense for you to invest in you? And by investing in you, to recognize those patterns of behavior and belief that are holding you back and be prepared to do something about it. If you always do what you've always do, done, if you always do what you've always done, you'd always get what you've always got. So if you are incredibly happy and satisfied and fulfilled in your life and you believe that you have reached your, your full potential and you're enjoying the most amazing quality of life, congratulations, brilliant. But if you're not, then it's up to you to take that step to do something about it. So. This program is designed to nudge you, to give you an insight of what's possible. And that's why I invite guests who are going to help you in your personal life, in your professional life as a leader, because they're all here. I'm here to help you think about you and recognize that you have the most amazing potential. You are not broken. You don't need fixing, but you do need to believe in yourself and actually give yourself the very best opportunity to fulfill your potential and open the door to endless possibilities, because that's entirely possible. So 
What I'm suggesting to you is that you take action to become the leader of your own life. Awareness is the first step. Comprehension and understanding, that's what this is all about. But in and of itself, those can do nothing. You have to start taking action. And structured it in such a way that it'll be really easy for you to take action. So go and look at Amazon at the books. Go and look at the websites, genuinely-u.com, or go onto YouTube and sign up for the TV series that is there. And sign up for it on the website and that's 14 programs each looking at a theme cost you nothing apart from a bit of time each of them giving you strategies to help you be the leader of your own life have a great week we'll see you next time you have been listening to the leadership for life with your host gina gardner make sure you tune in to w4cy radio and talk 4 tv next thursday and every thursday at 1 p.m eastern time for more leadership for life if you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again you can find the archive of the tv show on talk 4 tv's youtube channel and the podcast of the leadership for life on iHeartRadio, pandora spotify amazon music and wherever you listen to your podcast